Today's episode is sponsored by Baked by Bridget, your stop for all your baked goods and sweets. They offer a wide variety of treats like cookies, tarts, and pies, all at great prices. I'm a personal fan of the tarts and cookies, and they even offer custom orders to satisfy that special order that you've been waiting for. You can find them on Instagram at Baked by Bridget. Welcome back, to, welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Slice Podcast. Today's going to be a very interesting episode. I'm once again joined by my good friend, Thono. I'm also joined by, up, guys? he's been on the podcast numerous times before, David. We have our friend Gabby just lurking in the background. She's Hi. she's chilling. But um, the reason I wanted to bring you guys in for today's episode, and uh, Thono already had a little sneak preview of it, but um, I've been seeing a lot of podcasts and a lot of videos lately of kind of people going back and looking back on, you know, their childhood and kind of, you know, these old cartoons, TV shows, games that they grew up with and kind of just talking about the highlights and kind of what stayed with them, kind of what went away from their memory that they, it was like one of those like, you know, like reminiscent things where you see an image and it brings back memories you didn't even know that you had. So I thought today would be a, a good day to do that, you know, kind of just talk about our favorites, you know, maybe some things that we still have, some things that we don't. But uh, before that, uh, David, say hi to the people. Hello. Dono, say hi to the people as you do your little dance. Hello, everyone. And let's roll that intro music. David looks like one of those videos of the people at like church and they're just like, oh, praise the Lord to Jesus. But um, no, I've always wanted to go to one of those churches. They sound I've, seem like so much fun. I've I've been to one, and I'm not gonna lie, it's not exaggerated. Like it's exactly. I've been to the, I've been to the Hispanic versions of those. Yeah, it's um, it's just as as hype and and uh, exuberant as you think it would be. But yes, uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, like I mentioned, we're once again joined by Tono and David. Tono, who did a wonderful job last time editing our very first video podcast. So shameless plug. If you haven't if you haven't caught that yet, definitely go check that out. But uh, like I said, today after you finish this one, after you finish this one, you know you gotta you gotta focus. But um, yeah, like I mentioned, today's gonna be a little bit more laid back. It's gonna be a little bit more of a casual conversation. So right off the bat, kind of just a started basis because I was telling Thor, you know, a very big part of kind of what shapes you is what you watch, obviously, and you know some of that sticks with you. So before that, I have a question, just so we can kind of maybe not a little debate, but just a little discussion where. What were you exposed to more, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, or Disney Channel? Because I feel like those are kind of the big three of our of our late '90s, early 2000s uh, childhood. Um, I would say I was kind of like in the middle of all of them. I probably skewed a little bit more towards Cartoon Network, but I I obviously watched Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. But I think it's just I like like I liked Cartoon Network more because I don't know like I think I, I like Cartoon Network more and then Nickelodeon and then last Disney. And I, I would probably say the same. I was like you. I did watch a little bit of all three, but I definitely leaned more towards Cartoon Network. Especially me and Don already talked about it. You know, once they had Toonami and then that became our exposure to you know kind of more of these adult shows and anime and all that stuff. So. Cartoon Network had a lot of variety going for it. I feel like Disney Channel was very, very focused on like their television programming, like live action shows. So you yeah. know, as, as a kid, like when you get older, it gets uh, a little bit more, you know, engaging. But as a, as, a, as a younger kid, I definitely think Cartoon Network and Nick were at the, at the top tier. What about you, David? I think the same thing, 
but I think my sister, I think she tried to get me into like Disney Channel or ABC Family. Sorry, Freeform. Now oh, it's called Freeform. It's called now, Freeform. Right. We're talking ABC. about our childhood. Just call it what it really is. Yeah. It used to be called ABC Family. Um, let's see. Yeah, because like, because I watched like classic like comedy, like comedy sitcom shows. I would watch those. My sister would watch it, and like you know, she's older than me, so she would hog the room. She would hog the TV for me. Um, Did you just eat a water bottle? <laughs> no, David, continue. Okay. All right. Um, let's see what else. Um, oh, dude, Nick Gas was like my number one favorite channel to watch. I, was, I love Nick Gas. I was I was actually gonna ask you guys. You know, obviously Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, and Nickelodeon were the main ones. But did you watch like their little subsections, such as? Um, Toon Disney, which then, you know, eventually turned into Disney XD, and then, you know... Before that, it was JetX. It was JetX, which was JetX Super... By the way, little memory that I may bring back, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, just saying. JetX is best programming. I'm gonna say that is a mouthful. Holy crap. And then Saturday morning cartoons were also a thing, you know, Cartoon Network kind of had that Warner Brothers, you know, the, the kids WB going on in the morning. We had the infamous, um four kids you know where sanji is uh licking a lollipop instead of smoking cigarettes so you know we did have tsunami but it had good shows four kids had good shows yeah i mean was four kids a channel there was four kids wasn't wasn't four kids four kids was like like a was a program four kids like a program yeah yeah i feel like four kids was part of tsunami and they were just like the company that got the things from overseas i remember four kids being very exposed early on from kids wb because kids wb had a lot of the same programming such as um justice league justice league static shock Shaolin Showdown, which, by the way, fun fact, Shaolin Showdown was remade like five years ago, but it was terrible. Like, they did a sequel series, but all the Shaolin Showdowns that they did were claymation. Like, it was the weirdest, like, concept. But, um... I'm not gonna lie to you. My favorite, like, I I remember, like, all the stuff that I used to watch, but I think my favorite stuff on any of the channels, except Nickelodeon, on Disney Channel and and Cartoon Network. My favorite things to watch were always after like 10 o'clock at night. Oh, so you- I would stay up from 11 o'clock to like three o'clock in the morning watching like uh, American Dragon Jake Long and then watching Toonami and Adult Swim. Like that's where I, like that's where I thrive. If you went- And then during the day, Nickelodeon, like Drake and Josh. Yeah, I mean, if you- like I said, late night programming as a kid was a lot different than during the day. Because let's be honest, back in the day on Nickelodeon, if you went on at Nick at night, it was just you're going to hear George Lopez as you're falling asleep. Right? Right? It was yeah. like always just... reruns of George Lopez. Oh, my and it was, God. And it was... hey, hey, George Lopez was a good show. No, it was. You're right. Was... But after you see it for the 40th time, like. Yeah, but still, it doesn't get ti- You don't get tired of it. What's, what's funny is right, like, my, right. my friend was conditioned to the point because my friend is one of those people, which if you're one of those people, nothing against you. I just don't know how people do this where they like they have to fall asleep with like the TV in the background. Like, you know how there's like people like that? I used to be like that, I used to be like that. My friend would have Nick at night as like the last thing he would watch, right? So he says that he doesn't know how, but his brain was conditioned that every time he heard the George Lopez theme song, you know, oh my, he would knock out immediately. And I was like, that's "That's conditioning at its finest. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously each, each channel thrived and you know, each channel gave us sort of these hits and you know going into kind of the next question what what shows from that era do you think 
either you think impacted you the most or do you think kind of still stay with you? I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about Avatar and kind of the importance that Avatar has had. And I still, I still agree that that's a show that had a lot of significance both then and now, but you know, what other shows do you think kind of to you personally, not even from a pop culture standpoint, kind of, you know, stuck out with you, you know, for, for a while, you know, like I said, I've, I've always expressed my, <laughs> as he drops his mic, I've always expressed my love for superheroes. So, you know, the, the Batman animated uh, series, the justice league cartoon, static shock, those are things that kind of still etch with me. And sometimes I go back and watch those and the episodes yeah. still hold up. And sometimes it's crazy to think that some of the themes and the motives from these episodes still hold up. Like, you know, the, the static shock episode, you know, they had a really big PSA with the whole, you know, gun violence and all that. And that's an episode that can still be applied today, which is kind of crazy. So it's interesting to see, you know, from where cartoons and shows stand from then and now. But what about you guys? What what shows or cartoons kind of have that 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 embedded inside your mind? And then Eddie. I knew you were just going to say, say that. that right now. I fucking loved Ed and Eddie when I was a kid. It is still by far like one of my favorite cartoon shows ever. Like I fucking love that show with a passion. Did you did you okay. know, so did you watch the movie? Of course I did. I watched everything. All right, cool. So I, I have a question movie, as an Ed, 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 <laughs> like, no, okay, I'm sorry. It's something I've always wondered. Um, I, 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 one of the Eds, whichever Ed is the one who has Plank, um, he, 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 he talks to Plank like he's sentient. And then I believe in one of the episodes, he's like, Plank told me to do this. And that kind of disconcerned me, if I'm being honest. Hey, Johnny 2x4 that had Plank. Johnny 2 First off, what a name. Johnny 2x4. Johnny 2x4. They, they knew what they were doing. But I mean, David was Plank's idiot. Listen, dude, you don't mess with Plank. Plank's great. Plank's an awesome character. I agreed, but but okay. <laughs> I think Plank is the true villain of the show. No. And I'm not going to get into my theory. He's not even a villain of the show. It's, it's, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's interesting that you point that out because that low-key segments into my next question, which is what kind of childhood cartoons or shows kind of scarred you a little bit because obviously everyone has the courage which is it's... you want to tag in <laughs> so 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 off of that which episode which monster courage scarred you the, the hotel scene not off the money the hotel scene. the slab the hotel scene where you see that little girl where you see the girl in the back and then like she's on her back and then you just see her face popping out just, of nowhere i just hear gabby in the background agreeing with you she's like yeah yeah she's like yeah um, that's what i said <laughs> but dude there were there were some other things you know um i've seen a lot of people talk about some of the how back in the day some some of these cartoons and shows they went pretty dark sometimes yeah, I mean, back in the day, they had no qualms just going like, oh, this is supposed to be a really happy show, and now let's go fucking dark, and it's, yeah. like, ridiculous. And I, I think another two shows that maybe not as 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 much as the impact as Avatar had on me, but that still always stick out to me as well are definitely um, Danny Phantom and Ben 10. Those, were yeah. another, those are another two shows where I feel like Ben 10 maybe a little those bit more shows. because Ben 10 kind of had a like Ben 10's never really stopped it kind of just continues and then now they have the reboot which that's a whole I mean I think that we can I think to. Danny Phantom could have been a better show if they wouldn't have canceled it I think I mean I think that they tried to like uh, finish Danny Phantom so much 
Um, and that, doing, the, doing a tag in. Oh, we're 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 swapping uh, commentators now. So, for those of you uh, tagging in right now, uh, we just got our friend Gabby here, who is a Cartoon Network connoisseur. I would like to say, <laughs> I love and, right. and is probably the biggest Courage the Cowardly Dog fan that I know. So, Gabby, we were saying that you know, obviously, Courage the Cowardly Dog is is a big influence on people's traumatic cartoon experiences, but um. Other than what say, let's say what your, what's the most scarring curse the dog cowardly monk for you? And if there's other cartoons that you also think have that same sort of energy that you're like, oh, this is terrifying. Um, from what I can remember, the scarred me the most was like that scene. It went to 3D, and it's like that some rectangle head looking thing. It's like you're not perfect. Yes. I went yes. Like that. yes. I that remember that. That me so much. I don't remember that and I don't want to. And he's like, that's he's like, like, yeah. And he's like, oh, but that's okay, Kurt. Like he's trying to encourage, but it's a very like, that's what? the fish. The fish. Oh, that's the bathtub. Fish. Yes, the oh, bathtub, which is also kind of just, okay, why are you here? It's like, oh, you fish in a bathtub. I kind of don't want to ever, like, like I wasn't going to, but like, I don't want to ever see that. Cause I feel like now it'll just hit harder. Courage, courage. Imagine, courage. Imagine something looking at you in the screen and going, "It's okay to not be perfect." Yeah. It's like, I, Cur- Cur- courage is a cowardly dog. Is definitely one of those shows where if you watch when you're older, you can pick up on a lot more than you did as a kid. But to be honest, the fact that Courage aired to a younger audience was already wait, like a miracle. Because that, I mean, I mean, Courage, and then and then what was that other show called? That always like every time I watched it, it was just like creepy as Flapjack, I think it was called, or something like that. Um, I think it aired like closer to when we were older, like yeah, it was 13, like like two thousand eight, like two thousand ten. Yeah. So it was already when we yeah. were growing up a little bit more. But like I remember watching Flapjack and going like, this gives me heavy Courage the Cowardly Dog vibes, and it's not okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cartoon Network. I had those like few that like scared the living shit out of me. No, and like I said, you know, some of these cartoons were also not afraid to go into these darker moments. You know, um, oh. another one which Fer- Fernie talks about a lot, which I agree with, was Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack was a show that never shied away from. You know, obviously it didn't ever show like him decapitating people <laughs> and stuff, but you know, it, it went. But into Samurai Jack things. was more of an Adult Swim show, was, so like that like made more both. Like it, it aired on both, so it was like in this weird spot of like, yeah, it's like a Cartoon Network show, but it's also like, if you're a teenager, you can like it. I think it was rated for like kids too. It wasn't like rated like PG or anything. Uh, yeah, I think it was like 10, 10 plus or whatever the ratings. I don't know the rating system for old older. I remember watching it when I was just seven, and I loved it to that. I still remember the the rave scene when he went clubbing. Oh yeah, and they're all like the colorful animation. Oh yeah, what's going on here? But um, we're doing we're doing a podcast, George. So if you want to chime in very 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 quickly, what show scarred you as a kid? What show scarred me as a kid? Courage, the cowardly dog. All right, cool. I don't know why I expected <laughs> There's anyone else. A consensus. There's a consensus. I don't know why I I'll leave it at that. That's fine. So that was George's cameo for the podcast. So we'll, 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 we'll talk <laughs> See to y'all you. later. No worries. Uh, man, we're, we're having all sorts of guests today. That's great. But I'm glad that everyone has a consensus that Courage, the cowardly dog. Which, by the way, if you've never watched Courage, the cowardly dog, you're probably not as scarred. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd say nothing. Oh, let us know in the comments down below what, what TV shows guard you. But yeah, but yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. Now that David's not here, Ed and Eddie 
kind of scarred me. And then he was also a very, like not all of the episodes, but some of the episodes were definitely a little bit more jarring than others. But so, um, I, I'm not going to let this go. Plank is, is, a, is, is a psychotic serial killer. I, I also like you the fact, like, it, and, and I, I still stick to this, and someone pointed out the, the, like, if you ever notice, like, even the character design for the characters kind of look a little bit, like, out there. Like, seeing them with these it's massive job writers as a kid, I was always just like, what It is, is a weird show. But, um, you um know, uh, Gabby, maybe you want to chime in real quick before we move on. Um, we were talking about shows that kind of stayed with us, you know, even as we grew up. And, you know, I mentioned, obviously, one of the bigger ones for a lot of people was, like, Avatar. And, you know, you have some of these other shows that kind of people still have that etched in there. You know, is there a show that you think was like that for you personally? As when I was younger? Yeah, Honestly, um, a lot. Like Courage the Cowardly Dog was one of them already talked. Um, Avatar is another one. For Avatar, I didn't like it at first. I didn't really like the anime style when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's been until um, sixth grade where I started getting into Avatar and I really enjoyed it. Another show is Coning Kid Next Door. Oh, okay, thank you. I was going to talk about that one for the creeping me out. The, the, the like kids of like father that all talked in unison uh, were fucking terrifying kids, for me. Kids Next Door, and I, I, I don't even want to say spoiler alert. The show's been out for like 15 years at this point. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, the, the plot twist that father is Nigel Uno's uncle was like the yeah. biggest like yeah. cartoon what the heck moment in all yeah. of cartoon history. Like that movie and, set up so many things. Codename Kids Next Door could, get, could go from them like trying to like buy something for the treehouse to them like battling a a uh like virus that turns people older and like the existential crisis that they had to go through when they became adults and i i just like that show was very deceptive um with its uh messaging no of course and like like we said you know back then you know cartoons had a little bit more liberty portrayed that you know you have other cartoons that even focus specifically on these darker aspects like the grim adventures of billy and mandy which had a lot of um interesting topics and a lot I mean, of it had grim reaper yeah exactly you know you had that or do i'm I- actually rewatching billy and mandy like at this very moment oh, that's so how is it is it is it still so creepy as well yes but it's a lot like going back to it as an adult there's a lot of like adult jokes and like things you wouldn't get oh yeah so the, for me i didn't really like it when i was younger because it was really creepy it was gross i don't like anything with boogers like that's gross but like watching it now i could appreciate more i could appreciate it more it's a lot funnier for adults in no. my yeah. I, I related a lot to Billy because up until two years ago I had a cholerophobia, which if you don't know what that is, it's the uh, the fear of clowns. I did not like clowns at all my whole childhood. Donald Donald can attest to this. Clowns and me just which is ironic because my favorite villain is the Joker, but I, I had a he says he says that he got over it two years ago. He's still freaking terrified of clowns. Hey man, I, I was able to watch it and I was fine, but like I said, I think it's all a mental perception, whatever. So when Billy had the episode where he was just terrified of clowns, I felt that on an emotional level. I was just like, Billy, yes. Oh yeah, the cl- the destroy us all. And then he just says, destroy us all. It's also funny how, I don't know about you guys, but were there ever cartoons that your parents did not want you to watch for specific reasons? Because my mom hated Dexter's Laboratory because that's where I learned the word stupid from. Because you know how he's always like, Didi, you're stupid. So I'd always go around being like, you guys are stupid. 
Mom's like, where'd you learn that? So did, did you guys ever have those restrictions or you kind of just were able to... Uh, I think I was fine watching things. As a child, like, I, my parents didn't have a problem. The only problem was just video games, but that's not TV shows. And, and I will say, and I do think it comes with kind of the the generation that we live in. You know, back then, you know, obviously the internet was around when we were kids, but it wasn't as extensive as it was now. And It wasn't it's, really it's, around. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it was a lot harder for us to kind of stray into these little rabbit holes that, you know, like, I... I we had to... Yeah. To strain the rabbit holes, you had to get onto your parents' computer. Exactly. Um, and your parents had to have a computer, so you had to be at least middle class. You had to have internet. And then after all of that, you had to somehow find it. And there was no YouTube. There was no, like, streaming sites. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I, My parents didn't, like, stop me from watching anything. I remember them, they saying once on, they're like, we don't want you watching uh, Adult Swim. And then I was like, okay. And then they fell asleep and I watched it. And at that point, they were like, go ahead. And, and yeah, and like I said, you know, I, I see it and, and, and it sucks because it is, it is hard to monitor. But, you know, you do see these instances where these kids, because, you know, they know how to use, an you know, like six-year-olds, five-year-olds, they know how to use iPads already, you know, because of the no. generation that... You you see them like go from like watching yeah, my niece that's one year yeah like, my niece that's one years old knows how to work a phone to get to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse exactly uh, but, video but on my my brother's phone what, it's what's, ridiculous what's scary is you know you'll have these kids that are like let's say that but they're on YouTube and they're trying to find Mickey and then Mickey goes from from Mickey to Mickey's not so scary Halloween and then not so scary Halloween goes to Horror Nights and then Horror Nights go to every death scene and saw like you get me like these kids don't have those restrictions that you know that like that we that we had to filter out when we were younger so it, it does it, it is a little bit concerning to, to you know to be able to kind of preserve that innocence i guess i would say but nah, um, i turned out just fine. so did you so did gabby so did david we're fine we're all okay um the last sort of i don't know why i'm blanking out on oh yeah i remember now the last sort of question that i have for the television sort of topic is We've talked a little bit about this in the past, but I kind of want to see where you guys stand with it, is having those childhood cartoons and TV shows, how do you feel when they get rebooted or remastered? Do you think there's sort of already a negative aspect before it comes out? Do you think it has the potential to be good or 96% of the time it's going to be no bueno? Or what, how, what do you guys think about that? Donald's, Donald's been nodding his head, so... so. There's so many reboots, I just stop. Like, I just tune it out. I really don't care about it. Um, I could I could appreciate that they're bringing it back to a newer audience, but they're also not doing justice to it. No, so of course. So it's just like, what's the point of it? No, and and me me and Thonal and Fernie talked a little bit about it um, a while ago. That you know, some of them are successful because what they intended to do was a different purpose. Like you can rip on Teen Titans Go, and obviously Teen Titans is another one. I I forgot to talk about how important the impact was, but. Teen Titans Go accomplished what it wanted to do, which was create a rebooted sort of child-friendly sort of programming. It, it created a children's show for um, early, like like two early two thousands born kids. Yeah, but it is terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, for for someone who who was obviously like born with the original Teen Titans show, which was another show that did not stray from the dark side, um, and the level of like storytelling that we got from those shows, and then to see it, to see Robin flossing and shit, it's like it's it's yeah, just we, disrespectful. We we, we went, it's just disrespectful. We went from having a whole episode about Robin dealing with like Slade PTSD. To like Robin being like, I wish I had superpowers so I can fly like you guys. You know, it, it it's definitely a change in tone. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, and that's nothing against if you if other people listening to this do like these reboots. You know, it's all yeah, if, it's all based on your perception if, of it. If you like the show, uh, the reboots from the other show, it's it's obviously a product of your time, not mine. Like, if you guys like Teen Titans Go, great. That's yeah, that's like, awesome like, for you. Like, for me, if you like if you guys like Korra more than you like uh, the original Avatar, you're wrong. But that's good for you. But when we were growing up, the the stuff that we grew up with, there it's there's nothing that's gonna touch that. Don't mm-hmm. ever disrespect my boy Bolden like that, Donald. I'll leave it. No, Bolden's fine. But on on, I call them on. Okay, now we have a problem. <laughs> Avatar movie. Uh, Ang is better. Well, I mean, another movie. There was a movie? I don't remember there being a movie. The Avatar movie? The live action movie? There's that there, there was that that's a thing? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I get the joke you guys are trying to implore, yes. But um yeah, so so I think we, we covered the TV show stuff pretty good. So we're gonna be moving on to probably a much um more discussable topic, which is kind of the video games that kind of resonated with us and kind of, you know, gave us that nostalgia and all that. So the first question I have here is to your recollection, I mean, what is the earliest video game you remember playing? You want to know mine? Gab- Gabby was ready, so yeah. You want to know mine? It's yes. Brain Age. Brain Age, interesting. <laughs> like that- my, you know, my parents don't like video games, and I was having a difficult time in school. So when I was um, when I was in a tu- when I was tutoring, my teacher brought like a ds and it had brain age and my mom loved it she's like oh my god this is great for educational i taught her education math reading so she bought it for me for christmas so i i played a bit but you know i hate school so i was like okay whatever education ill but my sister got harvest moon harvest moon ds and i would steal that game from her and i would play that game for hours and hours and hours so if i'm gonna have to pick one it would be Harvest Moon DS. That's that's and I think that's a that's an interesting place to uh, start at. You know, like y- you hear all these people like mine. I I was I wasn't even really exposed to video games until my brother, my older my oldest brother, got me. Once I was I was six or seven, he got me a Game Boy Color. You know, this was already I want to say a year after it came out, and um, you know, the first game to my recollection I remember playing was definitely a mixture of Pokemon Blue and Mario. And I have memories of, even though I didn't at the time really know, you know, what was going on, you know, like as a kid, you know, you're playing Pokemon, you're like five, you're like, you kind of have an understanding of what you're doing, but you also really don't. But those are the earliest ones, but I definitely think the GameCube era is definitely where I started processing and I started kind of, you know, going at it a little bit more. And like I said, I always talk about how much I love Monkey Ball, but Monkey Ball is one of the games that I really remember early on kind of processing like, all right, this is the objective of the game. This is the control, this is that. Um, you know, same thing with Mario Sunshine. And, you know, um, as I grew older, I kind of started exploring more, you know, my, as I, obviously it's no secret, my favorite game is Kingdom Hearts, but 
Kingdom Hearts 2 was exposed to me because my brother had a PlayStation 2 and his friend had the game one day. He brought it over and I was like, that's cool. I was like maybe nine at the time. And I literally saved up my allowance that I had at the time. I walked to GameStop and I was like, that one. Didn't even know that I bought the second one and not the first one. And then that was kind of where I started processing a little bit more and kind of my love for RPGs and, you know, and all these other story-based games came from. So that's definitely me. What about you, Tono? I know you had, you also had an older brother, so I'm sure there was some exposure there. So it's kind of tough for me because um, the first game I ever played, I, I could say it's a bunch of games, but to tell you the truth, I'm pretty sure my brother just didn't connect the controller. Um, and I was too young to understand. I, my my intro to, to video games, I really just sat there watching my brother play. Um, I remember playing vaguely the original uh, Super Mario Bros. Um, on the N64. Um, and then I think I was banned from video games for a while because I deleted the save file. Oh, that'll do um, I was like six years old, and then they still let me, uh, t- tell me that I did it. Whatever. And then the GameCube was kind of like the first time I remember like actually playing games. I remember playing Super Smash Brothers. I remember playing the Pokemon uh, XD Coliseum games. I remember playing uh, the Monkey Ball. I remember those kind of games. But to tell you the truth, um, like the the real the real moment that kind of solidified gaming for me was uh the xbox 360 when i got the xbox 360 i remember the first time taking it to um my middle school while my dad set up because he was a teacher um and we would connect it to one of the tvs and then we we would get all of the the kids that had uh parents as teachers and then we would all play medal of honor um and that was a lot of fun and then obviously like my my true love halo 3 came out and then that was the first game that was like it was my game and not my brother's game thank you for joining Uh, you were very insightful they said thank you for joining um but yeah like it's kind of tough for me because before uh halo 3 most games were like me and my brother would both play them a lot of the times my brother would play them and i would just watch so they weren't really my games. Halo 3 was the first game that was like, my brother's like, I have no interest in playing this um, other than like every once in a while. And I was like, cool. And I remember always getting on with my friends um, to play like the the online multiplayer. So that, that's like, if I had to choose like the game that made my childhood, I would say Halo 3. Of course. So David, uh, catching you up to speed. Uh, we yeah, now shifted last, to... time I, last time I was here, we were talking about shows. We were talking about Plank and if he was sentient right right when you That's left. That's true. Um, to, to catch you up in your expertise, uh, we are talking kind of about the video game that you kind of remember your earliest experience. Maybe not so much the first video game you ever owned, but maybe the, the earliest recollection of gaming that you have. He's about to pull it out from somewhere. Oh no, okay, all right then. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, do you want me to? Well, or do you want me to go? No, just, you can just say it. But like me and Donald were saying how I was saying that my brother got me a Game Boy Color. And so as far as my recollection, my earliest gaming experience was Pokemon Blue and Mario. And how it wasn't until the GameCube era where I started kind of processing more what I was playing and the objectives and remembering storylines. David actually pulled so, a Game Boy Color from his desk. For so David, David, so that I we saw. don't have to like continue. What was the first game you remember playing? Uh, I have a whole shit of. Uh, I have okay, okay. There. What was the first one? Uh, the original Sonic the Hedgehog. There it is. Okay. 
Now, now, yeah. question, David, because you know me and Pokemon so, were mentioning how obviously a lot of the impact came from us having you know, Pokemon Yellow Nice older brothers yeah. and i know you have an older sister but i mean was was gaming something that someone kind of introduced you to or was it something that as a kid you kind of um, just found your way there uh, a little bit of both because like my mom uh she liked to play video games uh like the old school like video game cabinet one her favorite, her favorite one was always galica and so like she introduced me to that um my favorite one from like those old cabinets was pac-man because i just really love playing pac-man a lot um, but yeah, after that, like, I don't know, that was like the last time, and then after that, like, her friend, my mom's, like, friend's, like, son, they had, like, a Sega Genesis, and so then like, I saw them playing Sonic the Hedgehog, and so I'm like, oh, that's cool, and so then, like, I was like, oh, like, I think it was, like, a Christmas, if not birthday present, they gave me a Genesis too, and, like, I literally just played the living shit out of that, um, console so much, just mostly because of Sonic, and then after that, I got, like, a Nintendo 64, Matter of fact, that Game Boy Color you just saw, that, that was actually my sister's, and then she just gave it to me because, like, she, she, she wasn't a big man of video games. So, um, so uh, for, and then, for context... Yeah, after that, after that, that went on. No, no, yeah, that, that, it, gaming it kind of does that, and so, but for context, David, because obviously I know that you're a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan, were you exposed to Sonic first before Mario, or was it kind of, they're both at the same time, but you kind of shifted more towards Sonic? I want to say I got into Sonic first, and then like they introduced me to Mario. Okay. But but I just I just liked to play more Sonic more. I decided to play more than the Mario games. Of course, and and Tony, you brought up a good point, and I, I think I think it's interesting because this is at least my perspective on it. I think as the older you grow, kind of more the perspective changes on how you do as gaming because kind of like how we were talking about, you know, we all three kind of found our way to it, whether it was through. Our, you know, David with like how he's saying how his mom exposed him and us with our brothers and all that. But as you grow older, your gaming experience changes. You know, a lot of what we do now is kind of play with each other, which was a different experience than we were with the kids. Because, you know, online multiplayer games didn't really become a thing until we were a little bit older, you know, when we were already starting to get into our teens and the PS3 came out and the Xbox, uh, what was it, the 360? 360. The Xbox 360 came out and, you know, we got. We got. I don't. I never. I don't own X. I don't know the the the, the title. Damn, dude. How do you forgot that name? <laughs> but you know, it wasn't until we got Call of Duty and then you know Battlefield and then we started getting games that had both story and multiplayer. And you know, some of these story based games started doing multiplayer. So it is interesting to see now how you know that. Like perfect example. Like you can shit on it all you want. A kid's first gaming experience can be playing Fortnite online. You know, or, or playing. Angry Birds on their phone, you know, playing. And like, like, I, I think that that's awesome for them. I, I'm not going to like discount their their experience. Like, obviously, they're living a different life than I did. But I, I also kind of feel sad for them, um, because like, Fortnite and like Among Us, I guess now that that's popular, but like these COD games, what what other games are like super popular, like multiplayer's for kids right now? For kids. Uh, my, for for like for, for like okay Minecraft for Minecraft I I will I will give the award of you'll, you'll give five I will defend that uh, but like like yeah like Fortnite, other games Call of Duty like like yeah my there's... favorite my favorite times um when I was growing up in multiplayer games was just like 
screwing around with my friends. It wasn't even playing against people. It wasn't about winning. It wasn't about uh it wasn't about like being like the top of of like having 15 kills on Fortnite or building fast. Um um it was literally about just like getting out of school doing homework and then at like seven o'clock it was like all the boys everyone on xbox 360 were playing halo 3 and, and we would we would make halo these random, we would make these random ass um maps uh that we were driving and we were a duck hunt and we were laughing so much and like that's the enjoyment that i feel like some of the kids like especially with like Fortnite don't and get the, and, the and off- I kind of feel bad for that and that offline multiplayer experience is interesting what you say because it's like you said you do create Remember some the of jump rope custom map in Halo oh the it fact that there's no split screen anymore yeah makes me sad but, but like, it's because, because you would never feel the true like love and hatred of of screen uh, uh of screen hacking which was oh RJ, my RJ, god the, the amount of times that i've caught rj screen screen hacking me when we play call of duty split screen was unreal but anyway uh it's funny the oh, offline god. experience that you mentioned Donald, because i have very vivid memories of me and you in the back room of your house trying to unlock right? uh what was what was the rumor in mue what that, that we were trying to unlock there was there was what? like was it Sonic? There was like a rumored I, character that you were no, no. me. What it, was with you, what it was with you and me is that we heard that Mewtwo's in the game. Oh yeah, we back just didn't then, know how to unlock Mewtwo. Back then, obviously, the game had just like come out like recently, and the internet wasn't what it was, and we were like, how in God's name do we get Mewtwo? Yes. And for the people who don't know, in, on the GameCube, Smash Brothers Melee, to get Mewtwo. You had to have the, the the game on for 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, straight. Not straight. Not straight. I don't think it's straight. You just have to have played the game for 24 hours, and then you just get Mewtwo. Yeah. Um, but as 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 just like two guys, like at 10 years old, who who just like started up the game on a new save file because my brother wouldn't let me play on his. Um. We were unlocking all the characters, and like like Evan said, I had this place called the back room um, in my house. And the back room was kind of, it was like the man cave for the kids. It was yeah. like a kid's room, but like my, my um, I didn't have like a playroom. The, I didn't amount, like a, a, the a, amount of little seasons that we ate in that yeah, room it was, like was insane. By four foot room where we had a TV and like six chairs, and we would have everyone back there. It had no air conditioning. It was the sketchiest place in the world. But we would. I spent. I spent my. I spent my childhood in that back room, um, playing playing all of those video games. Um, God, that brings yeah, back memory. yeah, memories. Now I remember we we hundred percented, um, Smash Brothers Millie. And then you and I were like, you and I were like, how do we get Mewtwo? And then one day I remember leaving it on and you came over, I turned the TV on. It was like, Mewtwo has arrived. And it was like, what? Yeah. And And then we found out that it was 24 hours. And I think I I honestly cried. Yeah. (laughs) And and like I said, you know, it's definitely, you know, it, it depends your experience with gaming and how you have those memories and how you choose to kind of have that experience. The, um, I guess the last sort of question I had for the gaming topic, just because I'm curious, because I think about this a lot, which is when you finally did grow up and, you know, you had a little bit more money, you didn't have to rely on, you know, mom and dad buying you video games. What was the very first 
console or, you know, handheld console that you bought? And did that kind of change your experience with it? Because my, the very first console that I bought with my own money, like fully my own money, because me and my parents went half on the Wii. It was like money that I saved up for birthdays. But the first console that I bought with all of my money was the PS3. And I think to me, that's where my love for PlayStation really, really flourished. Because I said, my brother had a PS2, so I was always very exposed to PlayStation. But once I bought my own console, it, it felt that gaming was a thing that I was a part of now. Because I was now spending money on the games that I wanted. It didn't have to be that you had to rely on, you know, if if, if, if someone gave you a game or, you know, if, if it was, in Tomo Army's case, you know, like a brother gave it to you or, you know, you borrowed it from a friend. That as you got older and you started kind of buying your own games and figuring out what you liked, did that sort of change your perception or you know how, how did that change for you guys um so the first uh console i ever bought was the uh the nintendo switch um i have never i had never bought uh, yeah. <laughs> i had never bought a console beforehand yeah. i literally i literally conned i literally conned my way into so many consoles it was ridiculous uh for example me and my brother we still make a joke out of it for Father's Day. I was um, about to say when, that story. <laughs> for Father's I Day. I remember that very vividly. Me and my brother are, are assholes. I'm just exposing us. Um, for Father's Day, me and my brother um, told my dad, um, I think you should get us an Xbox. <laughs> and my dad was like, and my, I remember having, like, sitting down, and me and my brother had, like, like a, a well thought out thesis on why and yeah, my, my dad a, was like a powerpoint and, presentation and we were like, like we were like dad like we play video games all the time and like we're always in the back room and we can never play with you because like you 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 don't play the video games with us and we think that if we get the xbox and we we like we we don't know how to play the xbox you don't know how to play the xbox if we learn together dad we'll be able to play together and you'll be able to spend more time with us my dad was like, that's a well thought out thesis. I'm going to go buy you guys an Xbox. So on Father's Day, we were at GameStop. My dad bought us a, a, an Xbox. My dad bought us like three controllers. My dad bought us the first Halo game. And I remember my dad spent all the five minutes playing Halo, the first Halo game on multiplayer. And he's like, I can't figure it out. And he never played a video game ever again. I was going to say, yeah, I, was gonna say <laughs> I imagine, I imagine he's touching going, all right, I'm going to head out here. You boys go my, enjoy. My, my dad couldn't figure out, like, like he, he had grown up with the cabinets and, like, Mario was his thing. He couldn't figure out the 3D, like, movement. He couldn't figure out, like, one joystick was to move the camera and the other one was to move your character. It just, and, and like, like, my dad does say he's like i should have given it more of a chance uh but i really like I, at the end of the day i was just proud you guys came up with like a good like argument and that you guys stuck stuck together on yeah, it I was gonna say, as, uh, as your dad being your dad uh, being in the law field was probably more impressed that you you covered all your bases <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, my dad never, my dad never played uh, a video game again with us. Um, it's it's a funny story, but yeah, like my Xbox 360, my brother, uh, no, I got for my birthday, my PS3, my brother got for his uh, for like Christmas. My Xbox One and my PS4 were gifts from my ex, and then um, the the Switch was the first time I had like like big boy money um 
enough to and not like have to spend it on builds and stuff but i was like i really want to switch i'm gonna buy it i don't consider a pc that because i guess yeah, it's like it's, it's not it's a different unit it's not yeah I bought, I bought a pc first and played the living hell out of league of legends but like if we're talking about specific consoles yeah it, it was it was the nintendo switch that's good. And what, what about you, David? Did you did you have an earlier console <laughs> other than the Switch, or what was your sort of first big boy uh, purchase the with video games? The first console I ever bought with my own money was the Xbox 360. I never even knew you owned an Xbox. I I owned a 360. I did own a 360. It was that's my first. favorite console ever. Yeah, it was my first one because like Genesis was Christmas, Nintendo 64 was a handy down, Color, PSP was also handy downs. Um, never owned a PlayStation 1 or 2. So yeah, there's that. Shameful. Um, Shameful. I've owned every freaking console. But yeah, no, 360 was the first one. And like the first two games I bought was like... Halo 3 and Soul Calibur 4. I don't know why. And I played. Less of a good choice, but Halo 3. I was expecting David to be like, my first game I got for the Xbox was Viva Piñata. And, nah. Uh, but, um... Nah. No, I heard reviews about Halo 3 at that time, um, and people were saying, like, it's a really good game, so I wanted to try it, it out. And also, I wanted to try Slow Calibur because, like, there were, like, guest characters there, and this one was Star Wars. So I'm like, all right, was, I'll give it a try. I was going to say, was this a Slow Calibur with Yoda and Darth Vader? Uh, yes, and you get The Apprentice, too. And you get The Apprentice. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a good Soul Calibur to start on. Yeah, and then that's how I fell in love with the Soul Calibur series. Um, but yeah, I played the living hell out of Halo 3 so much. Now, now, just a question, because, you know, since you mentioned this was the first console that you purchased, was, did you, did you know at the time kind of the differences between PlayStation and Xbox? Was this something you had your eye out for a while, or was it, was Halo the reason you got it, or was there a specific motive driving you to get this Xbox at the time? Everyone just said, go get an Xbox. That's fair. I'll give you Xbox that. 360 was better than PS3. At the time. I can't argue. At the time, Xbox yeah, 360 no, was better. I can't, I can't argue. The only online, thing that the PS3... Online was free. It was... It, it had the all the games... The PS3 had that Xbox 360, which it had, was free online. No, but no, like... I, I, I had you don't have to waste more money to get an adapter if you wanted wireless. See that? I That's right. But that was old. Um, but like the Xbox 360 was better, in my opinion. Like it had Halo. It had uh, like those other games. I remember a big thing for the Xbox 360 was the Banjo Kazooie remake or the new one oh, that you can Banjo. make like vehicles. Nuts and bolts, yeah. Nuts and bolts, and people were like crazy for that game. Didn't wasn't the 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 Star Wars game the one that you're like an apprentice of the dark side? No, that was on only both. an Xbox. Game? No, that was on oh, both. it was on both. But I, I, think, I think I think this was the time where like exclusive content started coming out for consoles, and I think Xbox oh, yeah. had like, a bonus mission or something. I mean, Xbox had Halo, and that obviously was just far and away. And then the PS4 came out and destroyed Microsoft. Yeah, um, and then mostly with the new. Yeah, I was say, now, now we're at PS5, and I already forgot the name of the new one. Xbox X. Xbox. <laughs> you know, 
Series you know, X. Xbox, Series X. Xbox Series X port one five S. I don't know. Yeah, There's right. like a hundred. So we'll see how that goes. So good, good discussion on the video games. Uh, it seems we all have very similar, but a little bit different experiences. So the last one I wanted to touch on because it's not as extenuous as the other two, but it's still something cool to talk about, which is kind of the toys and card games that kind of grew up with us that kind of are still around and our experience. So right off the bat, I need to I need to fuel the war. Pokemon, Digimon, or Yu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> David's like all of them. Almost like Yu-Gi-Oh. I was like, don't know. I was a little bit of both. I do. Don't. I don't I this. Watched I, all of them. No, well, not oh, watched. Uh, just in terms of, I, yeah, like the. I thought we were talking about card games. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought we were talking about oh, card games. Fuck. Because uh, I watched all of them. a card game. Uh, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I remember the Digi Digivices being a thing. Yes, but. Yu-Gi-Oh! For, for, for card games. <laughs> Who cares about Digimon? We I don't even know. Card games? Oh, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! wins, and then Pokemon if you're collecting. Because I remember, I loved collecting the Pokemon cards. And, like, showing my friends, like, the binders. Like, I have, a shi- I have like, seven shiny Charizards. But then, for, for if, if we're, like, doing actual combat, Yu-Gi-Oh! I had all the pieces of Exodia. Mother. And the card that summoned all of them wherever. So there's there was this spell card, and I I can't remember for the life of me what it was. What did it look like? I I you know I just remember what it did because it was, was it green. Was it? Purple? I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember that it was brown because those were that was the color of the cards. Um, I would put it, it, the, the the text literally read. If you if you place this down as a trap card and it is activated, you summon all five pieces of Exodia from your your hand or deck, and I'm like, what? Don't. So so you just had to have all five pieces in, and I would I would literally like stack my deck with pots of greed, and like just draw until until I had the fi- the five pieces. I mean that one card. And then I would just win the game, and it was so stupid. Donald Donald used to get mad at me because. A lot of my Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards were like hand-me-downs from like my brothers. And my brothers were teenagers at the time already, so they didn't really collect them as much. But, you know, like they inherited them from like other people. Dono used to get mad because I had a deck of like 30 cards that were in Japanese. And because none of us had- <laughs> 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 Wait a minute, wait a minute. He would just make up yeah, shit. I it wasn't like, like, hey, you- but you did this to Dono? Always. Oh, so I remember you told me this story about it. You said like to a friend and Dono was the friend. Dono was one of those. You never told me it was it Dono. Was, there was, there was, there was the number one person that did Dono, Dono, But the Dono. thing is, is I started to catch on. Yeah, like, because it, I had a friend it still pisses me off. And it would be bad because it would be like, I would summon, mind you, it's not like the cards look differently. They were in Japanese. So I'd put like Japanese tune world and be like, this card destroys everything in your deck. I thought it would be like, that's such a good oh, card. No, no. He puts it down. He's like, all monsters in your deck and hand automatically go to the graveyard. And like me, who's like, well, this is like one of my best friends. Sure. I was like, yeah, okay. And I went through my deck and just discarded all the cards. And, I was and like, then after a while, I started to catch on. I was like, are you... F- you kidding me but, like no oh my god but, you know what's interesting about you know kind of the toys and the cards from back in our day is that like some of them either never really went out like you know pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh has never died off it's just evolved and then also you know you have some of these toys that kind of go away for a while and then have a resurgence like for some reason beyblades came back and I don't know why, but Blade, Beyblade just, one day I was, when I was a, a summer camp counselor, I see this kid with a Beyblade and I, I had to stop and go, 
is that a Beyblade? And he goes, I don't, yeah. I don't think Beyblades ever went anywhere. I, I, I think they just always did a thing. I think, I think they like, died out, but like they never went away and then they just resurged. You know what? I, and, and obviously it wasn't part of my childhood because it came out later, but what I didn't understand, I didn't understand those Bakugans. Bakugans were <laughs> amazing. I had have, I have all of them. But Bakugan, I, I, couldn't, I, used to have it. I couldn't I couldn't understand throwing the little ball and it actually stopping, and I was never be able well, to do it. The cards are magnetic, and, so it like. Yeah, it the cards are on, magnetic, so I, that's how I, you do guys, it. Guys, guys, I'm not stupid. I understand the conce the concept and how they did it. But in, but yeah, in my ninth like, grade, you know. taking care my ninth grade taking care of summer camp kids, and they were like throwing these these like little balls perfectly every time across tables and it would stop on the card perfectly in the middle of the card and then deploy and i was like sure i'll try it and the ba the the freaking bakugan ball would just like fucking yeet itself into whatever direction i didn't want it to go i'm sorry those things pissed me off yeah so so let, let it be known any bakugan fans right now Tono has a deep hatred of bakugan but yeah. um, what, what, what about and i think this is a little bit more interesting what's like a toy that maybe was popular back when we were kids that you just either never got you never got or like you never understood for me it was definitely the tech decks i never had one and i was like it's like a little skateboard for your fingers but like that's it like what else Dude, it was cool i had like all of them and i had a tech deck that was cool yeah de definitely tech decks another thing that's also me and thought were talking about it the other actually no david was there too something that's also kind of evolved into a much larger spectrum was nerf guns Nerf guns started off as like, you get like a little tiny pistol that shoots one and now it's just like, hey, we have a heat seeking, motion tracking grenade launcher, Nerf Dude, gun that like us. murders your wife and children if you say anything other than the word tomato. Like it's, it's let's insane. Not, let's, let's, let's not talk about Nerf guns because Toto will literally buy like packs for all yeah, of us. Yeah, okay. almost I, bought I, I, I am, I'm hijacking the podcast. So we were thinking, <laughs> we were thinking, we were thinking for Nerd Slice. Uh, to do this like in-person like nerf gun uh type of situation where we were playing like among us but in person and then they were like we were talking like how would you do it? and i was like well what we would do is that like, everyone had a nerf gun and only the imposter would use the nerf gun but then i started like like so i always take things to like the extreme and i started to search up a, a, like like we were all talking. I was like, in my head, I was like, I wonder if there's custom Nerf guns. And so I was going down and there's this $300 Nerf gun that is a Barrett 50 cal, but the Nerf gun uses air. It's an air And compressor. at that point, if you're using an air compressor, you're not a Nerf gun, you're a paintball gun. Yeah. Or you're a BB gun, you're not a Nerf gun. But apparently this thing could shoot like 300 meters away. And I just imagine like we, we doing this, like this uh, video for Nerd Slice and everyone is like being serious. They have like these these little Nerf guns, even like the, the new ones that like are automatic. And I'm 300 yards away, just sniping fools. And oh God. What's, what's, what's kind of messed up is, have you seen the people that they take out the tips of the Nerf gun and put tacks on them? that's screwed that's, that's that's i've seen i see people do that i'm like that's terrifying that david, is that is mean i just i just imagine just like shooting david from like 30 feet and david just stops like down he goes what is this but um no yeah i mean definitely definitely uh submit any more any more what about this what was your before we finish the toy discussion what do you think was your favorite toy growing up whether it was you know a card game a specific toy you know is there one that kind of sticks out or did they all kind of come and go? 
You're, you're both, all three of us are just kind of just blanking out on this. I mean, I mean, for me, video games were honestly like eventually the thing that I like, like, like if I was going to Toys R Us, I was in the video game section. I mean, I'd have to go all the, That's I'd have works. to go all the, I'd have to go all the way to uh, the beginning of my life and be like, I really liked the G.I. Joe figurines when I was like six. But I really didn't like toys. I really liked... Uh... What about you, David? You okay? Um... <laughs> Nerfs. <laughs> Nerf. uh... <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm actually trying to think. I, I did have like like a phase of like me collecting like wrestling action figures because I was like I was like those little kids who liked to watch wrestling and then I got bored of it and then I got nerf guns and then I got bored of that and then yeah <laughs> no that's fair I think I think I think toys are a little different because like you said you know as you grow older you kind of have more memories of the more interactive elements I remember and Thono probably remembers this too I had I had okay we're gonna throw it back to the cartoon for like a fat second do you guys remember the Jackie Chan cartoon yeah. Okay. Do you remember the old man that he would fight with a blowfish? What? He had like a little puffer fish that he would. Oh go my like, god! I do remember this. He, he would. He would go like. Oh, oh hey, hi, hi, hi. He would like chant something. Yes. I had yes. that toy, and it was a puffer yes. fish that that like, it would glow. It was confiscated from elementary school, and to this day, I still not have gotten it back, along with my yeah, science fair no. project. Oh, yep. And but, I think it was confiscated because you and I got into a fight. Yeah, I, I, I literally I think, almost I beat Donal. I almost beat Donal over the you head. Were, you were trying to, to like to hit me. Yeah. And then like I was I was being a a dumbass because that's how we were back then. And then you and I started to like steal it from each other and smack each other as hard as possible. <laughs> with a with a hard plastic toy. So it's not like Yeah, it's with like a, a hard plastic like pufferfish toy. And I remember I remember being in the office, both of us like looking at the grounds and the principal like smacking it on the table and being like, Are you kidding me? But yeah. But yeah, that, that's definitely there. But um, actually that uh that can actually segue into our first fan questions, which by the way, guys, you can keep sending your fan questions over to our Twitter at the Nerd Slice, our Instagram at the Nerd Slice, or anywhere else, or you know, comment on our YouTube videos even that we just started posting. So, our first question here comes from Minty Miniatures, and he wants to know: Did you guys ever keep or trash any of your old toys and cards? So, kind of the same discussion that we're talking about. Cards, I do still have a few of my. It's it's a really weird collection. I have Zatch Belt cards still. I have a Naruto card still. I have a few Pokemon. I gave most of my Pokemon ones to my nephew and a few Yu-Gi-Oh cards. This is probably like the oldest thing I have. That's fair. Literally. What about cards? You don't have any maybe like some of your old Pokemon nah. or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or anything? Nope, don't have them. Okay. What about I still Pokemon? have my Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I, I also have like sports cards, but that's my brother's stuff. I still have my, my Yu-Gi-Oh cards somewhere and I still have my Pokemon cards in like a binder. Okay. Um, because I'm kind of waiting until they like worth money. All right, that's fine. That's fine. So our next question here comes from Kelly with three Z's, and she wants to know, what do you guys think about the theory that Timmy Turner is Danny Phantom in the future? Oh wait, 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 wait. Kelly with three Z's. Yes, it's Kelly and then Z, like Kelly Z. Oh, I was like, how do you spell Kelly with three? You're Z's? like, where's the Z? But yeah, she wants to know the theory, which I've seen this theory going around a lot that. Timmy Turner is just Danny Phantom younger, which is a very interesting concept. I mean, I I don't know in the retrospect how that theory would work, because obviously his parents 
or like they're shown so it's like it's, it's it wouldn't be his same parents so i did see a lot of people go in depth that like timmy's last wish was to like still grow up living in like a fantastical world and that's why he was like grown up and put into kind of the Danny Phantom world and all that. I mean, obviously the ma- biggest thing connection is that both shows are made by Butch Hartman. So it's like, obviously, you know, I think, it, I think it's a stretch, but um, you know, there are the theories where they say that Tucker is TJ, that, um, Chester is the, is the, what's, what was his name? Dash the bully. I don't remember his name. I think it was Dash and that, um, mm-hmm. and that San is Trixie and that obviously Danny is, is Timmy. But um, I mean, I think it'd be an interesting theory. I, I see a lot of, you know, we were talking, that could be another list we do for another day, which is all these cartoon sort of theories with, you know, Timmy Turner and then Curry's a Cowardly Dog being from a dog's perspective. Like there's a bunch of really, really interesting cartoon theories. So if that's something you guys want to see, let us know and send our way because I know we can be here for hours talking about theories like that. But um, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, thank you for the question. So our next question here comes from Aesthetica. And uh, she wants to know, did you guys have the Yu-Gi-Oh card toys that go on your wrist? You're talking about dual disc, and I actually did own one. And fun fact. I, 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 I also did own a I have disc. No I just idea. don't know where yeah, it is. I have no idea where it went. Like, I don't own it anymore. I, yes, like, it I, is your question. I don't, yeah, this is Gavin's question. I don't remember where it went. I don't remember ever giving it away. I'm convinced maybe like Donald broke into my house and stole it. But uh, Donald's just like, bro, I already had one. But yeah, I did. I did have one. But as as a kid, and I know that Donald and obviously David can attest to this. As a kid playing Yu-Gi-Oh, nothing felt more powerful than going like this, whipping out your dual disc and just placing <laughs> a card on it. And it had like a, like an automatic sound effect where every time you put a card, it would just be like face down. Like it would it would say stuff to you. So you you honestly felt like you had seven foot spiky hair and that you were like playing with pop. And you could you could press a button and be like heart of the cards is you oh my god. The one thing. thing I think they added this into like the later like models like when we grew up, but the one thing I remember it not having was a calculator, which would have been very helpful as a kid. Because let's be honest, as a kid UBS that if someone's like you take three hundred damage, you're like you take nine thousand damage and you're like, well that's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. So, um, but yes, thank you, Aesthetic. Uh, you can say it to her right there, David. Thank you, Gabby, for the, yeah. uh, for the question. They, they say thank you for the question. And um, our next question here comes from dwet.13, better known as the other person on this podcast, David. And his question his question is, did you like the live action Pink Panther? <laughs> oh yeah, there's a question. Uh, very straight. <laughs> First off, it's a hamburger. Yes, of course I love the it's live a burger. It's a burger, hamburger. Um, what's funny is as a kid, I didn't even realize that it was based off something because you know I was like eight years old and I was just like, this is a funny PG movie with Steve Martin. But uh, it's such a random question, David. I remember that. I remember a kid was watching the shit out of uh, the live action Big Panther. It was fucking good. That's fair. It's an important question. It is an important question. I actually think I need to check because I think I had one more question saved here and I don't remember where it was on. Look for someone with the name of, oh, it's you. (laughs) Oh. It's you. I know how you remember these, these quotes and I remember watching the movie and loving the movie. But for the life of me, I can't remember that movie at all. 
<laughs> oh my god. For, I haven't watched watch that movie. It. Just watch like, it. Is a, it is I haven't watched that movie in a good decade, dude. Yeah, that, that, it, that, it's, it's wasn't worth there, the there was a sequel too, wasn't there? There was a sequel to it. It's not okay. that funny. There, but it, it, yeah. there is a sequel to it. There, there is. That's so ins- that's that's crazy. Pink Panther's probably a thing they're also gonna remake eventually. My my last uh my last question here comes from uh Evan himself to both of you. Um, oh man. We were talking earlier about kind of, you know You should have asked the question. You could have asked you could. You you know the Twitter, you got the Instagram, but the last question kind of we touched a little bit on earlier. I think this was already when David stepped away, was kind of this whole remaking of our childhood games and movies and, and shows and all that what's one what's one thing that you would want to see sort of rebooted whether whether it's a video game a toy a show a, a movie i've mentioned this a few times already i would love to see sly cooper come back to life sly cooper was a game that i grew up with a lot i have really fond memories that was kind of also a hand-me-down from a friend of mine that he gave me all the games and you know, with all these games like you know, um, like Jack and Dexter is another one I think. But also, you know, you have Crash Bandicoot, Spyro. You have these games sort of resurging. I think, I think Sly Cooper would definitely be a really good thing, especially now with the graphics that they have now. Like a Sly Cooper playstyle with these modern graphics would be amazing. What about you guys? You know, is there a game or show or anything in general that you would like to kind of see come back to life? I would. I would like to say Edna and Eddie, but I'm afraid. You think you think they would get the the modern Cartoon Network treatment that all these other shows are getting? Exactly. It's fair. But if if they kept it to the same style, because you know some some shows do kind of go back to that. You know, we Fernie always talks about it. I think it's a good point. You know how Samurai Jack had that sequel season, which I think kind of showed that you know a project can kind of still come back. You know, with that very similar style and you know kind of resurge. So. If that enemy came back in its sort of new, old form, but with new graphics, would you be okay with that? I gotta see it. I would. The only the only complaint I would have is that they have to put in more Ralph because Ralph was amazing. Ralph was hilarious. Okay. Him, Victor, Ed <laughs> with his butter, Ed with, Ed with his butter toes. Life is when he does it, boy. Confess to your crimes. Ed with his butter toes and his chickens. Um, didn't, didn't he eat a playground one time? I feel like I he ate a playground. I think that's the episode. I think you're talking about the episode where they literally broke the fucking wall. That's fair. But uh, what about you, Donald? You know, obviously, you, me and you always talk about nostalgia. I would love them to uh, make um, reboot a good Pokemon game. A good Pokemon game? Yeah. So like, you, so, like, like, you, so Pokemon for me died after Platinum. No, Diamond and Pearl were fine. I mean, Platinum was after Diamond and Pearl. Oh, it was. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, black, black and white. Some people like that. I like but black like, and white. does anybody remember the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon show? Yes. I do. Yeah. And I, fun fact, I have, I have, I think it's no. Okay, okay, okay. I have, a, I have a right answer. That. A good answer. I want them to reboot the Pokemon Ranger games because those games slapped. I'm sorry, those games slapped. All I'm gonna say is Pokemon Ranger on Switch would work. You got the controls. Dude, you it, just rotate the the left stick. You know, motion controls, motion and you controls, can do it. Up. Just do Nintendo. I got ideas. Yeah, Nintendo. I don't know, I don't know about that motion control, dude. Super Mario Galaxy is giving PTSD I don't right care, now. Bro. 
I'm, I'm gonna, I, I said this. I, I think I was. I think, I'm sorry. Those Ranger games were freaking fantastic. They was, were like they didn't have no. They had no business being that good. I was gonna put out a tweet today because I think playing Sunshine with Drift is the biggest rage I think I've ever had in my entire video game experience. Oh, uh, dude, play Sun, play Galaxy with motion control. You guys, you, everyone listening or watching should really check out Nerd Slice's stream when he's playing Sunshine, because it is probably the best dose of serotonin I have ever had. Oh my him God. Fighting, him fighting, uh, what is that plant called? I don't wanna talk about uh, what, what is, I do not wanna talk about Petty called? Piranha. Petty Piranha, Piranha. can go okay. in a hole. Petty Piranha, the fight that he had with Petty Piranha. I, let me tell you, it, it was, was so I was funny. having, I was having the a bad day. Is Oscar worthy. Oh my God. I was having a bad day, and to see a man slowly, to see a man slowly descend into darkness David, because of David the, clipped uh, the oh moment. David clipped the moment where it was literally, I had one health, one health, right? And I beat him. I finally beat him after dealing with motion controls, <laughs> after dealing with, with having, which by the way, stupidest oh change. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go to Mario Man now. There's yeah. no motion no, 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 control in Sunshine. It's a fact, game no, no, you control. But they, they changed, and everyone's complaining about this, that the fact that you have to like, because obviously in the original game, it was pressure sensitive, right? So when you wanted to stop and like, you know, aim where your, your, your water went, you just hold it down longer, right? But no, this game, it's a different button and it doesn't change the camera angle. So you have to just kind of like figure out where the water is gonna go. And let me tell you, the, the amount of rage inducing like heat that I went when I finally beat him and the fucking little minion killed me and I had to restart over. I, I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna post it on TikTok. I'm gonna post it somewhere because that oh my I've never had so much rage it in my was, entire life. It was so so funny but and to watch to watch him descend slowly into madness because of this stupid he was like he was like finally to yeah and i threw my i threw everything so this this is gonna segue into what i'm gonna start calling the plug where we're just gonna shamelessly plug where you can find all of us all of our information on that so as i mentioned earlier on if you have any questions or just any topics you want us to talk about you can tweet us at uh, the Nerd Slice on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at the Nerd Slice. We have a TikTok where I mostly post kind of little highlights, maybe some scenes that you guys haven't seen before, a little bit of everything. And we are finally now starting to post back again on our YouTube. We have a few different stuff. We're going to be collabing here again with Dono. We're going to be collabing with David. We have a very, very funny Halo video coming out soon, so definitely check that out. But uh, that's my stuff. Dono, shameless plug. You got 30 seconds. Let's go. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, it's at Jack Films. Um, if you want to find my YouTube channel or Twitch, it'll be at Jack Prog. And I am in the works on making another YouTube uh, like channel on kind of just uh, like films, anime, books, and all that type of stuff because I wanted to find a place to just rant. Um, and that'll be out probably next podcast. So I'll probably have um, Nerd Slice uh shamelessly plug for me and david who is now going to be joining the streaming world where do you have a name picked out where can people find this when you go live he wasn't ready for this i was not ready for this i was not expecting you to do this at all that's fine Um, uh twitch twitch.tv slash david is a loser that's pretty much it is that actually what you officially decided I mean, yeah. All right. please, what, else, please, what else do you want me to put? Please tune into his stream and tell him that he's not a loser. Yes. 
support his love because his girlfriend's already going to be there making sure that he is supported <laughs> along with the rest of us so definitely check uh check uh check out my uh my good friends here thank you both of you as always for coming on and hopefully we'll see you guys in the next podcast